Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a mum of two adult children, a clinical psychologist and the co-author of a fabulous book called The New Teen Age, how to support today's tweens and teens to become healthy, happy adults. And my name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I'm Jo's friend. I'm also her co-author of The New Teen Age, a GP and a mum with six kids in our blended family. And Jo, I love this question and it comes from listener LC. So the question is, how much do you tell other parents of what you know their child is up to? I told a parent and close friend of his daughter cutting and he was able to get her help. But what about when they're vaping or stealing or having a friend with benefits? Do I discuss this? Obviously, this is for parents and kids. We know not complete randoms. I've got a really good relationship with my daughter who's very open with me and I don't want to break her trust and I don't want to put too much pressure on her to support and educate her friends and I don't want to attend social events where I may awkwardly say something. Help. (laughs) Oh, Elsie. This is really tricky but a really good question. I mean, how often have all of us been in this exact position? Your child tells you something and you go, ah, somehow I wish I didn't know that. (laughs) Or they show you the pictures from Instagram where the girl's in the bra and the underpants but with her face showing Yes, and you feel like ringing the parents and saying, just tell her to lower the camera and don't put her face in it. Yes, it is so confronting, particularly because I think Elsie clearly has got a good social life which involves the parents of her friend's kids, which is what we love. That is fantastic. It will really help keep all of the kids safe. But you don't want to come across judgmental. You don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to break your kids' trust because they're the one who's shown you the Instagram pics or maybe told you the secret about the friend with benefits or the shoplifting. It's a tough one. Have you ever had to deal with this, Jo? Yes, yes, I have. I have. Many, many times. And I think it's because being a psychologist, I know particularly my daughter would come home and say, I'm really worried about so-and-so because of dot, dot, dot. I think Slink is also like what you were at the same age. She's just the one that knows everybody's secrets because everyone trusts her. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, yes, I was in this position lots of times. And I followed a golden rule. If a child is in danger, then that's when a parent needs to be told. So if a child is suicidal, self-harming, has an eating disorder, any talk like that, then that is really serious and I think something needs to be done. But involve your child. So I would say to my daughter, 
okay, how do you want to handle this? Because like you, Elsie, it's good to know the other parent. So, you know, is your daughter the one who would be comfortable talking to a parent? Is your daughter the one who's comfortable encouraging her friend to tell the parent? So involve her in that discussion and say, okay, this child, this friend of yours or this person you know is in trouble, they're not safe, and so duty of care, another parent, I would want to know if you weren't safe. So we need these parents to be aware so that this child can be safe. And often the child says, no, 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 I don't want to do it. (laughs) Then you might say, okay, well, I'm going to ring one of the parents and I'm just going to really gentle, as you say, in a non-judgmental way and there are many conversations I've had with other parents who I've said, you know, perhaps they've been over or they've been away with us and I've noticed they're not eating and I've noticed their shrinking size and I'm sure the parent might notice that too or you've noticed or you've heard from your child that there's some talk of, you know, suicide or serious depression is ringing in that really loving way and just saying, hey, this is what I know and I know if it was me, I'd hope you'd tell me. So this is what I've heard. Yeah, Yeah. I really like that. I have to tell you a really funny story. When Jade was, I'm not sure she was 10 or 11, but Jade was a particularly small 10 or 11-year-old. But anyway, she was on the phone to one of her friends or maybe she was on a chat thing, I don't know, and she said, I'm going to kill my mum. And the little girl told her mum and all of a sudden we get a rap on the door and in charge four police people into our house to try and keep me safe oh. from my pint-sized, one-metre-tall <laughs> daughter. And when they saw her, they were in shock and then said to me, can you have a chat to this friend's mum? Because she rang the police. She was oh. so worried about you. And I was like, see, safety first. Safety first. <laughs> so perhaps there's a middle ground yes. between ringing the police <laughs> and, you know, maybe. That's great. It's a great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I said, great. well, there's the murderer. There she is. <laughs> Take it away. So if, if you're fearing that some teenagers, yes, homicidal, but more importantly, if they're in danger themselves. But I think the line gets a bit blurry when we're talking about, say, vaping or stealing, you know, because yes, we know vaping is really unhealthy and we don't know the long-term effects. And Ginny, you can talk about that obviously far more than I can, but I don't know if that's the thing that you would ring another parent about or the stealing even. Again, I know that's against the law. I know that's terrible, but I don't think that's your place to say to another parent, hey, your child's stealing. But what you can do in amongst friends, you can talk about what teens get up to yep. and what you've heard about. And oh, these kids vaping, it's so frightening or, you know, stealing. Some think it's a rite of passage. What are we going to do? You know, I think you can talk in that general way. I think the friends with benefits, I don't think that's something that you would tell another parent because, again, that's going to sound judgmental. That's a judgment call. That parent might be fine with that. The child might be fine with that. So I think if you just stick to that golden rule, is that child in danger? Is their life or their health or their mental health in serious danger? Then something needs to be done. But if not, I think it's just general chit-chat amongst the parents about, well, how are we going to keep these teens making good decisions? I love that. The one thing I'd just finally add, and you're already saying this, Elsie, but I think it's really good that you talk to your daughter because you don't want her to be everyone's therapist. You want to encourage your daughter to, if she hears a couple of friends are really struggling and they're talking to her about their eating disorder or their suicidal thoughts or behaviour, then you want to do some role playing with your daughter and say, okay, how can you encourage that friend of hers to talk to a parent or try and get some help or to go on some 
online forums like Reach Out, something that your daughter can sort of outsource the help because otherwise, yeah, there are some kids. I know, as you say, my daughter was one of them. I know I was at school. It did make me want to be a psychologist. I was happy to play that role. But a lot of kids don't want to carry the burden of their friend's distress all the time. So you teaching her how to pass that baton on to other people, I think it's really important. Especially when that role of, you know, amateur psychologist comes with 24 hours a day, strings attached so that the distress calls are coming in and the SMSs and DMs are coming in at 11pm and midnight and your daughter says, you can't take my phone away because Susie needs me. Okay, Ginny, our next question was emailed to us from Jackie. Jackie says, I never want my son to feel less for being a male, but the amount of toxic masculinity at our primary school is out of control. Grade falls being called simps and teasing of boys having friendships with girls. Do you have a book recommendation for tween boys or any advice? Something empowering for that age group to build confidence, but explaining why respect and feminism is so important to understand. Thanks. Joe, can I just ask you something? You talked about simp. Just remind me what that is. Well, you know, again, had to look it up, but it's actually a term that is used nowadays to talk about a boy being too nice to a girl. Can you believe that? You know, in this day and age, that that is seen as a bad thing. It's frightening. Well, I have a book recommendation. It's called <laughs> The New Teenage by Ginny Mansberg and Joe Lamble, which uh, has amazing information in there with some golden rules and some five C's that you can just take into any situation. Brilliant book, I have to say. This toxic masculinity, Joe, where has it come from? I'm sorry, did we not have a Me Too and Time's Up movement? Why has that elastic band snapped back so hard? Oh, I'd love to be able to answer that question, Ginny. I don't know because these little... Boys are hearing it from somewhere, so I don't know if it's just an immaturity or if it's going on at home, I don't know, but what's really good is that you're aware of it and so then you can have lots of conversations. You don't want your, you know, what, 10, 11-year-old to be feeling really bad. You just want to say, hey, how do you feel when you hear that? What's going on when someone calls you a simp or, you know, comments on the fact that you've got friendships with different genders how do you feel so find out how your son feels because hopefully he just thinks it's really weird that they're teasing or commenting on it and then you say okay and what do you do when you hear that or what do you do when you see someone else being teased for this or you hear any of this toxic masculinity what do you do again not giving the third degree but just pointing out that hey this is something that I hope you're noticing well he obviously is because he's telling you about it and then putting the counter argument in and say firstly I think it's really good just to keep saying that's really strange that's really a strange way to think I don't know where that's coming from because if you say it's bad, then, you know, your son might not talk to you about it. So you don't want to criticise. You just want to say this is really strange and so, you know, how are you feeling about it? Also, the modelling you're obviously doing, you want the modelling, don't underestimate the modelling that goes on at home and when you're showing respect for all genders, then that is going to be rubbing off on them. I'm going to go harder, Joe. I very rarely disagree with you but I think this has got to be taken up the chain to the school because, 
there's some leadership that is missing there because we want our boys to develop the social skills to interact with all genders and with all people and all races and different age groups. And it takes a very strong kid to stand up to bullying and harassment from their peers. So if your child, as a result of avoiding girls to avoid getting called a simp and other names that they're going to get called, if they don't develop the skills to talk to all people, then that is a problem that I think the school needs to address. And as parents, we can't address that on their own. And at the end of the day, what the hell is going on at that school? Have the teachers not heard this going on? Primary school teachers are very aware. They know what is going on. Why are these teachers allowing this to happen? Is it possible that there is some toxic masculinity that is emanating from the top? or that it's happening from even a single person, but that person is so powerful that nobody's able to counter it. But I really do think that a fish rots from the head and the school has to sort this out. And I would take it further. Yep, no, I agree with you. I think that's an excellent suggestion. I think you should do both. Yeah, because it would be great if the school was running some discussion groups and workshops on this stuff of just, you know, respect. And doing group activities where the teachers put boys and girls in a group together and makes them work together and makes them do PE together and makes them be on the same team together. Because you know what? They should be friends together. In primary school, of course the boys and girls should be friends. And if they don't learn then not to just Mm. think that, you know, the girls are some weird specimen that you shouldn't talk to and then what, just have some sexual interaction with. It's really toxic and it leads to very bad behaviour poor relationships in the future. It's got to be sorted out now. And I think if the school didn't sort it out, I'd be very tempted to move schools. Yep. No, well, no, I think that that is really good advice. I think at the same time, even if, yes, for anyone else listening, if again, we want to have these discussions all the time, find out what sort of chat is going on in the playground and just listen. That's what's the good thing about driving kids around the car when you're hearing them talk to each other. What is that chat going on? And again, using that opportunity not to embarrass or make your child feel uncomfortable, but just to afterwards say, hey, how did you feel when that was said? What's going on? And yes, I agree. You don't want a little, you know, 9, 10, 11 year old to just stand up to other kids on their own. But I think you still need to role play some ways of saying, hey, that's not okay. You know, just some gentle ways, because hopefully it's not talking about hardcore bullying, we're talking about some really off behaviour that, yes, deal with it from the top but also teach your kids how to have respect. I mean, a couple of other book suggestions I've got. I love He'll Be Okay by Celia Lashley, which is a really good book. Terry Apter's The Confident Child Mm -hmm. is lovely and Steve Bidoff's Raising Boys. Still good after all these years. Still good after all these years. And the good thing about Raising Boys is it goes through the different age groups, you know, the first seven years and the next, the next. So, and then he goes into manhood. So I think there's some really good ways there you can get some extra tips of how to talk to your young son. And I couldn't agree with you more, Ginny. If that toxic masculinity in the school continues, yeah, I'd be taking them out. So Ginny, that's all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, not you, Ginny, you listeners, email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au. If I have a question, I'll call your mobile. <laughs> but if you like this show, we'd love you to leave a review or rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. This episode was produced by the marvellous Emmeline Peterson. I'm Joe Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg, and we'll see you next week.